Hey guys, this is Shell, your Rolling MC, and this is season six of Hitting the Streets podcast show. Hey guys, this is Shell, and welcome to Murder, Mayhem, and Monsters in May. Yay! So today is part two of Bonnie and Clyde, and me and Melissa are going to wrap things up, but I want to make sure you guys come back next week when I have my special guest, Kim Byler, and we are going to talk about the Texas Monsters. All right, guys, now on with the show. Hey guys, this is Shell, your Rolling MC, and I am the mouth on the mic of Hitting the Streets podcast show. So last week, we kicked off our murder, mayhem, and monsters, Melissa and I, with Bonnie and Clyde. Actually, we started with Pac Macmillan, so I hope you guys did your research and checked out that story. And then we started with our big story of Bonnie and Clyde. So we're going to go ahead and dive right on in because we have a lot um, to talk about and to wrap up. So... I started off last week with some unknown facts, Melissa. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to that because I know some of the stuff I did not know. And I've got my little notes here. And we talked about Bonnie dying wearing her wedding ring. And I thought it was Clyde, girl. It was somebody else. We talked about her writing her poetry. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that I didn't mention is that Clyde was rejected from the Navy. Right. Did you know that? And he was really disappointed about it. He was. He was. Um, he even uh, had a tattoo, I think. That's he something he about had the-, the tattoo even before. Yeah. He, he didn't even look. He thought he was going to make it. Yeah. And the reason why he didn't make it is because they said of his boyhood illness, they think it was either malaria or yellow fever. And so he got a medical rejection. And yes, they talked about that he had a USN on his left arm where he tattooed because he thought he was going to get in. Another unknown fact um, was that his first arrest came from failing to return a rental car. Yeah. So he got arrested in 1926 for automobile theft after failing to return a rental car he had rented in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, where he visited a strange high school friend. The rental car agency dropped the charges, but the incident remained on Clyde's arrest record. Just three weeks later, he was arrested again alongside his older brother, Ivan Buck Barrow. You talked about his yeah, brother last week. I couldn't remember what, yeah. his, what his name was. And you know what they got arrested for? A truckload of stolen turkeys. turkeys. I did see that. That's a strange thing to steal. Why would you steal turkeys? I mean, was you feeding the poor? Remember, Rob? But what I mean, did he say, Robin Hood? These Maybe brothers, he was stealing the, the three of them, boy, they were, I was they like, were always up to what something. What the hell were y'all doing with the turkeys? So we talked about him chopping off his toe and then he had a limp. But the one thing that we didn't talk about was Bonnie had a limp too. And you knew right, that, correct? Right. So she had a car accident. It was in June of uh, 1933. I, am, I am not sure, but I know I know Clyde was driving. So yes, Clyde was driving. So she was on the passenger side and he was driving. He was, of course, in a Ford V8 driving like 70 miles per hour and totally didn't see the sign that said, hey. This area is closed. This area is closed. No. Missed the sign, ran through the barricade at 70 miles per hour, and sailed through the air and landed like in a dry riverbed. Yeah. And acid, 
poured down on her leg. Which leg? I don't remember which leg. Yeah, it burned um, one of her legs pretty badly. It was the car battery and the acid burned part of her leg. As a matter of fact, I think I read what it said. It got down to the bone. Yeah, it said bone was showing in places. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they didn't uh, know if she was even going to make no, it. No, absolutely. Um, and so she walks with the limp. And sometimes it got so bad where Clyde... Um, had to carry her. And let's talk about that. So when I first looked at Bonnie and Clyde, I always thought Bonnie was the bigger person. I thought she was taller, bigger, whatever. And what's the statistics on, or the stats on that? So we already talked about Clyde. Well, you and I talked yeah. about Clyde being kind of a petite guy. He was between 5'4 and 5'6. Tall as my mom. And about 125 pounds. Yeah. Well, she was 4'11". 4'11". I'm taller than her. Yeah, 4'11". And they said... I read anywhere from 90 to 100 pounds. Dang. She so didn't she even was a tiny thing. Yeah, she was itty bitty, but she looked like she just walked around with big shoulders to me. Well, they look like they, about, they're about the same size, yeah. I think, when they're standing side by side in pictures. So. Yeah. So I, that's a that's that's something that I didn't know. I guess maybe I'm thinking because every time people show them or appear them, you oh, they look that way. Or maybe mm-hmm. my head thinks that they look like well, you think the they're that tough that they're a little bigger. Yeah. So. I don't know. <laughs> so here's another thing. Um, now, I thought this was crazy, but I don't know, girl. I don't know. Maybe maybe some people don't think this is crazy. I thought this was crazy. So, and this is another fact that we have a touch of base. I think I kind of mentioned his name last week. I can't remember. But um, Frank Hammer was the one that caught. Hammer, the uh, Texas Rangers. Yes, yeah. the Texas Rangers, Bonnie and Clyde. And so Frank... Hammer, the Texas Rangers, also known here in Sherman, Texas, of the 1930s Sherman Riot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Hammer, from my understanding, history shows <clears throat> he never lost anyone until it came down to George Hughes. No. Because he died. They lynched him and burned him. They burnt down the black businesses here in Sherman, Texas. And you guys can find that um, episode actually um, on my show where I had Melissa Teal, who is a local historian here that did the work and we've been fighting for the marker finally got the marker and hopefully we'll be able to unveil that soon um of what happened um but frank hammer was also a part of that and he was also here in sherman trying to do what he can to keep george Hughes safe for um for his trial but frank hammer yeah is the one that yeah. killed, killed bonnie and clyde he's the one that not killed here bonnie clyde. So, not here in texas no in louisiana <laughs> yes but but it's interesting that he yeah. had, you know, there's the double the tie to the yeah, tie So when he ambushed them, it was like 130, I think 130 rounds of steel uh, jacket bullets that hit that Ford. And it was a, and it was a, it was another Ford V8 that they stole. So that must've been the car that he liked. Yeah. It was a Ford V8. And um, how many murders did they have? Was it? I think 13 that, yeah. that they're credited with. Yeah, they're, well, yeah, they're credited with 13. Yeah. I mean, I don't know this grocery store clerk, give or take. We, we're going to figure that out here in just a little bit about the grocery store clerk. But anyways, their crime spree, you know, came to end and there it's were four years. It was only four years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, wasn't it? 1930 to 34. Yeah. That's it. Um. The people that were there, the, I, the gawkers, people that were gawking about it, girl, these Bonnie and Clyde were dead, sitting in the car, just got gunned down, and people were there trying to steal their stuff yeah. for, for souvenirs. I read one tried to cut off Clyde's ear and his trigger finger. Yeah, I see, I didn't even hear, I didn't even see that. And then um, 
there was somebody that got the, a lock of hair for money. Yeah. Isn't that strange? It is strange. What are they going to do with it? Like, what you do with that? It's a piece of memorabilia, I guess. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the car that they got killed in. Okay. I have to read this. Let me find this. So the car that they got killed in, they called it the death car, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so because the car was stolen, the judge, a federal judge ruled to give the car back to the person that it was stolen from. And right. that her name was Ruth Warren from Topeka, Kansas. So she had it and she leased it and then eventually sold it to another man who puts it up for show, I think in Las Vegas. Well, first they traveled around with it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're and right. And then I think it, they sold it eventually to like a casino or a something. A casino. Yeah. In, yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas. And that's where it still is, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's, I'm just. On display. On display. But people used to be able to pose with it. They could sit in it and get their picture made. Oh, wow. But but then again, they were in there while the bodies were still dead trying to cut things off of them. Mm-hmm. So anyways, okay, that was crazy. Last fact that I have that um, Bonnie and Clyde wanted to be buried together and they were not. Right. They were very separate. And right. a part of that was uh, Bonnie's mama. Yeah. She disapproved of her being with Clyde. So she was buried. She's buried. Uh, or her daughter had her buried here in Dallas. Well, you know, Dallas, our, our neighbor there. And Clyde was buried next to his brother, Marvin. Remember, I talked about Marvin right. last time. And um, underneath the gravestone, it says gone, but not forgotten. So that's all the un- unknown facts that I have. So let's get back to where we left off. Now, I heard <laughs> that that story about the grocery grocery store clerk that Clyde took out was not true. There are just some strange things about about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of have to keep in mind a young guy who fits the description. I mean, it's easy to to say that that's who did it um, because that's who's in. That's the person that's in everyone's mind right then as a criminal as a making the news right um you also have to keep in mind that this time that there aren't um you know like these are small towns they don't have fingerprinting and right i mean it's this is a lot of years ago and uh you also don't have as good a communication as you do now so true so it was pretty easy to misidentify criminals I mean, it happens now still. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. But isn't the FBI still say to this very day that that's who it was? Yeah. On the FBI website, it still says that he murdered Clyde, murdered Howard Hall. Um, A lot of uh, different places you find that that there were later questions about that Mm -hmm. um, because they felt like he wasn't really here at that time like it wasn't really possible and like the, the timeline story, didn't match yeah, up i guess or like in the story but, of him visiting his brother they're like why would he have come and visit his brother but, but he was all up and down this highway i right. mean they talked about dallas and cough i mean kaufman county all this area he did so. come here a lot but also he was not the typically the one who would go in i guess he went in by himself to the and somebody else was driving the getaway car and Ooh. and uh but even he had said that he didn't do this he had told did he say that he didn't do it yeah him, oh i didn't know he, that he never admitted to it and his family said that he didn't do this one this particular murder and so that seems strange that he would admit to other ones but not this particular one or you know that does. yeah and um there were just you know strange things about it um it was a black car 
that mm-hmm. was a getaway supposedly, but your witnesses were three little boys playing in the street. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're going. So the thing is, after after the murder happened, the original newspaper article does not say anything about it being Clyde Barrow. It just says that this Howard Hall was murdered. You know, a grocer from Sherman was murdered oh. and during a robbery. And then the police came from Dallas showing them pictures and saying, do you think it looks like this guy? And so Homer Glaze, the other guy in there, is like, yeah, that looks like him. And then the little boys said that. And um, so then you have the, it got credited to them. But do we know for a fact? I don't know that we do, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's, nothing, there's nothing like a hard concrete evidence that says that was him. Yeah. It's and just we'll based on those. Know. Yeah. yeah. Based I mean, on the witnesses. Yeah. Well. I don't know. All I'm going to say is that he was up and down this highway. That's true. So who's to say? That's true. But then also, some of the stuff that Bonnie, that I was reading on Bonnie, some of the poems or poetry that she wrote, she states in there in the roundabout way that they got blamed for a lot of things that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. And I think just because they were the ones on the spree. Right. I mean, they're credited for 13 murders. Yeah. Well, and that's easy. I mean, you want to solve the case. So, of course, mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense that you would just say, this is who did it. That way you can wrap it all up because it, it fits mm-hmm. the, you know, the it fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like it could have been them. But. Right. Well, what else we've got here, Melissa, before we wrap this episode up? Well, I know uh, we were talking about um, that um, their relationship and, mm-hmm. and how. Um, I read that that was love at first sight. They had, mm-hmm. they met at a friend's house. They mm-hmm. both were over at this friend's house and met and just immediately loved each other. Um, but a month after that they got together, um, he went to jail. Wow. So how, and then she smuggles a gun into the jail to try to let him get out. What? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that is commitment after a month. <laughs> It's another one of those stories where I don't know too many people I would do something like that exactly. for, especially after knowing him a month. I know. Going back to the Patricia McMillan story, that guy was the dedicated friend to help her get rid of whatever evidence he was trying to get rid of when she just knocked off her husband. So, yeah, that's a good friend. <laughs> it's a great friend. <laughs> but he actually got out, and I think he got arrested again mm. after that. And so... How many times did... Is there... Do you have the number or how many times they were in and out of jail? Because both I of them. I don't. Yeah. I, just, I think I we curious. said that she was only in jail that one, one time. time. I believe so. Hmm. But yeah, I think he was several times. So yeah, he, I think he was in and out. Just like a, the one started with the rental car in yeah. Dallas and then the, the damn turkeys. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder, though, if he hadn't had, you know, you the big he... brother who was a criminal or that, you know, you know, he loved playing guitar, mm-hmm. played saxophone, he sang. Oh, wow. And Bonnie loved to sing and she loved to perform in like little shows and stuff when mm-hmm. she was in school. But they said that Clyde, when he was killed, um, his saxophone was in the back seat of the car. But the funnier thing was when they, one of the times they were running, they actually had to leave his guitar. And so the police confiscated the guitar and he called his mom and asked her to ask the police if we, they could have it back. Wow. And they refused. The police said wow. that they wouldn't. Use. So, I mean, he loved his musical instruments. Were they in their 20s? Yeah, they were. That was late 20s, early 30s. They, they were together. young. Yeah. So, yeah, they were teenagers and yeah. star-crossed lovers. 
Yeah. That's just it's just it's just wild that they were so young doing all those things. And it doesn't really say what initiated that. What initiated that spark for them to go on this spree? I didn't read any of that anywhere. Well, and it was probably just trying to escape the since he had gotten in trouble for little things, once you once you're running from one thing, yeah. you, then you try to break out of jail. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of what happens. You end up, and you got to have money to live on. Oh yeah. Off, so yeah. yeah. Well, guys, I have uh, one of Bonnie Parker's uh, poem that I'm going to read, and then we're gonna we're gonna sign off. I do want you guys to come back next week. I have a special guest that's going to be on the show. Her name is. Kim Byler. She was actually on the show um, in October when her and I sat down and talked a little bit about Jeffrey Dahmer and some other serial killers. And she's going to be back and we are going to talk about the Texas Monsters. Sounds exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, but really quick, um, Melissa, thank you so much for having all this information. I know there's a lot more to talk about with Bonnie and Clyde, but um, I just think it's interesting to know that they were here in our area, especially just right up and down this highway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's just crazy. But back in those times, us having the railroad tracks and everything, and railroad tracks, the railroad, and then everybody just coming through here, all the outlaws. I mean, mm-hmm. the story that we even told about the assassin, <laughs> And the crimes over there on Skitty Street, yeah. you know, in Denison. Yeah, it was the Wild West back then. It was. It really was. <laughs> All right, guys. So here we go. This poem here is by Bonnie Parker. You can find this online. Um, it is called The Trails, The Trails End. Now, I don't think I have any information on when she wrote this. This is when she was in, in jail, but I don't have a time or a date or anything like that. So here we go. You've read the story of Jesse James, of how he lived and died. If you're still in the need of something to read, here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Now, Bonnie and Clyde are the Varro gang. I'm sure you have all read how they rob and steal, and those who squeal are usually found dying or dead. Wow. There's lots of untruths to these write-ups. They're not as ruthless as that. Their nature is raw. They hate all the law, the stool pigeons, spotters, and rats. They call them cold-blooded killers. They say they are heartless and mean. But I say this with pride that I once knew Clyde when he was honest and upright and clean. But the law fooled around, kept taking him down and locking him up in a cell till he said to me, I'll never be free. So I'll meet a few of them in hell. The road was so dimly lighted, there were no highway signs to guide. But they made up their minds, if all roads were blind, they wouldn't give up till they died. The road gets dimmer and dimmer, sometimes you can hardly see. But it's a fight man to man and all do and do all you can and they know that they can never be free from heartbreak some people have suffered from weariness some people have died but take it all in all our troubles are small till we get like bonnie and clyde 
If a policeman is killing Dallas and they have no clue or guide, if they can't find a fiend, they just wipe their slate clean and hang it on Bonnie and Clyde. There's two crimes committed in America not accredited to the Morrow Mall. They had no hand in the kidnap demand nor the Kansas City um, Depot job. A newsboys once said to his buddy, I wish old Clyde would get jumped. In these awful hard times, we'd make a few dimes if five or six cops would get bumped. The police haven't gotten the report yet, but Clyde called me up today. He said, don't start any fights. We aren't working nights. We're joining the NRA. From Irving to West Dallas Viaduct is known as the Great Divide, where the women are kin and the men are men, and they won't stool on Bonnie and Clyde. If they try to act like citizens and rent them a nice little flat, all about the third night, they're invited to a fight and a sub guns rat-a-tat-tat. They don't think they're too smart or desperate. They know that the law always wins. They've been shot at before. They do not ignore. The death is the wages of sin. Someday they'll go down together. They'll bury them side by side. To few, it'll be grief. To the law, a relief. But it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. That's their whole story. Yeah. I just love that that last part. Though. Yes. That's their whole story. That's such a, that's just, that's so good. All right, guys. So that's it. Melissa, thank Wraps you once again. Yeah. I love doing this. I know everybody's asking us to do this a little bit more. Maybe maybe we'll come back and do one in October or maybe extend it a little bit. But um, next week, again, tune in for the Texas Monsters. And um, thank you. Appreciate well, it so you much. Thank you for having me again. All right, guys. That's it for me. You're Rolling MC. Catch another episode on Hitting the Streets.